Hello, this is Colin Baker. This is Sylvester Mackay. And you, you lucky people, are listening to the GBS Podcast. See you. So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? Welcome, welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's your host, Jace. And Sean. And then we are coming at you with our first episode of 2019. It is our review of the first ever New Year's special. Oh, yeah, and the first episode of 2019. A yeah. lot of, this is the first time we've done a lot of things in And the only episode. In 2019. Yeah, the, the only. The first and last. Oh man, it's gonna be a long, <laughs> it's gonna be a long haul, long year. Yeah. But anyway, before we get into that, we wanted to tell you about some stuff going on with us. So first, I'm looking over at Sean, and looks like you got a little color action going on over here. Yeah, basically the, the tattoo on my arm is complete. Uh, all I got missing is really just a quote, but my arm is done. It's just a little chest piece with the quote on it. It's really not done yet. So yeah, I need to do a little photo shoot and. Post the pictures on the website and uh, or the Facebook page rather, and then yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it looks really cool, and the way she colored in because you obviously have a bit there with the TARDIS on it, mm-hmm. and she could have gone the conventional route, just you know colored it all blue because that's the color of the TARDIS. But yeah, she actually added a little color shading there, where it you know looks like it's coming out of like a vortex mm-hmm. or like looks like it's. Well, it's uh, like looking it's, at a supernova or something like it's that. It's reminiscent of uh, when we saw the first picture of the 13th Doctor's TARDIS, and it, the sun was hitting it on the left side, and it was kind of orangish and stuff like that on that side. It's, it's kind of reminiscent of that. It kind of reminds me of is when we first saw the 13th Doctor's TARDIS. In the Ghost Monument, or are you talking about in the when we first saw a picture of it? Trailer. Yeah, when we first saw a picture of it. Okay. It was sitting on top of the hill. Oh, right, 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 right. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks really good. Yeah. I, I, it's it's almost complete. It's crazy to think that, like your entire right arm is now completely Doctor Who. It's I know, crazy. Right? It, it's awesome. Yeah, it looks <laughs> it looks really cool. It looks really good. Uh, some other stuff we were talking about before we recorded the episode, and something that we've been talking about for weeks now. Obviously, there's no new Doctor Who going on. Nope. Which is really really tough. But especially when you do a Doctor Who podcast, right? But there obviously there's so much Doctor Who out there that we have other avenues, things that we're going to talk about. And one of the things that we would like is to hear from you guys is what you want future episodes to to be about. We have ideas, you know. We're thinking about doing reviews of audio adventures. We're thinking about doing reviews of classic episodes or episodes of the early, you know, Russell T Davies era. We're even, you know, thinking about doing commentaries of episodes. So just tell us what you think, you know, what what you want to see with GBS going forward. Yeah, during this little lull before we get to March or whatever of 2020. It's, 
I mean, I get why it, they have to do it, but man, too, but it seems tough. so far away when you think about it. Like a year, yeah, a year is a big time, but it's really not that bad. But since we just entered 2019, to say 2020 makes it seem so far away. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a long time before we get more Doctor Who. Before we go any further, it's time for this week's Doctor News. Well, I've got some news for you, dudes. Alright, so this week on Doctor News, we actually skipped it a while back ago, so there's a little bit more to talk about. Something that I've been wanting to talk about, and I brought it up to Jace, and I'm sorry, this is, this might be an unpopular opinion, but to us it's not. It's very much on the same wavelength. So they had the iTalk Telly Awards, right? So basically what some, that is... Some UK awards. Yeah, so thing. basically what it is, it's like a, it's like a Twitter poll. Oh. Okay, and they had about 266,000 people vote in this. And it was all sorts of different things. But Doctor Who picked up two awards during that oh. in 2018. Okay, you got it got Best Returning Drama. All right. Womp. Yeah, Best Returning Drama. And Mandip Gill was voted Best Newcomer. I am sorry. I don't get I that. I don't get that at all. Not to say that she's not a good actress, but, like, they're, they're boy, they picked the There wrong... are so many people in Doctor Who that could have been better. I would have picked Bradley Walsh over Bradley her. Walsh. I would have picked uh, Tosin Cole. Cole. I mean, like, literally. Ryan is, Ryan is a more interesting character. So, I mean, not to... I don't want to, like, attack her because she, you know, she's a fine actress and she's probably a really nice person. But it just, that seemed, like, really out of place. If you uh, if you're a fan of season 11 soundtrack, which if you've been listening to the show, you know that we, we have not it. been. We but I will it. give this episode its due. I did like the soundtrack in this yeah, episode. Yeah, well, in the resolution, you know, I know we're about to talk about it. So, yeah, but the music in this episode actually felt more Doctor Who. Yeah, it, it, than... ominous tones were good. I really enjoyed it, but. Silva Screen Records has announced that they will be releasing the Doctor Who Series 11 soundtrack in January of 2019. So we're we're there. So just keep an eye out for that if you're a fan of the soundtrack, which I don't I don't know why you would be. I will not be. Purchasing. I will not be picking that up. <laughs> As always, we have a couple. I feel like it's every time we do Doctor News. There's a couple uh, Doctor Who people that have been in Doctor Who, even if just for one episode, have, have oh, touched our yeah has touched our universe in some way or another that have left us. Mm. As of the night, Wednesday, the 19th of December, so this has been a little while, but we haven't talked about it, uh, Bill Sellers passed away, 1925 to 2018. It's a good little healthy life there. He was, he, Bill Sellers was directed the 1966 Doctor Who story, The Celestial Toy Room, which That's saw a, the creation of the character of the toy maker. Was that a first Doctor story or a second Doctor story, do you, does it say? I can't remember. I don't know if I've ever seen it. No, it, it doesn't say on there, and you know I'm I surprised think, you don't know. I'm sure Gail yeah. would know because she, you know, she's a classic oh, person. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna get y'all two one. Bring head it to on, head. She wants it so bad. She wants to go head to head so bad. Bring it you. on, Gail. <laughs> so everyone's favorite James Marsters. You know who he is, right? I know him from Buffy. Uh, I know him from Smallville. Okay, <laughs> he's in everything. He's he was in Torchwood. Yeah. Okay, he's coming back as Captain John Hart. He's coming for Big Finish, and he's going to have his own set of audio adventures. It's crazy to think, like, I, I saw this thing. It was, like, the the craziness of Doctor Who spinoffs. Uh-huh. And, like, how that would be, 
the spin-off audio adventure of a spin-off of Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, it goes really far down, you know. But that's cool to see. Obviously, I... There is a, a small subsection of people that really, really like Torchwood, and it's mm-hmm. like its own little community. Well, they're trying really hard to bring, I think, bring it back. I don't think it's, I don't think it's not going to come back television-wise. I mean, they brought some of it back, obviously, in audio adventures. Mm-hmm. But I think that's about probably as far as it'll get, unless they so somehow too. get the actors to do maybe like an animated version of it. Yeah. You know, but we, uh, another one that someone that's left the same time frame, 1925 to 2018, um, they actually both passed away at the age of 93. Mm-hmm. So... Um, interesting is june whitfield now she it was only in one episode of doctor who but she was one of the during when uh, wilfred with the 10th doctor that he was going to all those people he knows to try to track track him down track the doctor down all right so she was where the master returns yes she's one of those people that was helping find the doctor oh yeah yeah, yeah she yeah. was the one in the front cool. of the picture in the red dress yeah i remember yeah so she left us big as bucket well. of win mm-hmm. so something that i i you know me and Jace talked about is I typically do the viewing numbers for this for the episodes each time they come out. Right. This one I'm not really really going to talk about that much because it's really low. Uh, and we, me and Jace have talked about the reason why is because you released it on New Year's Day. I mean, obviously you weren't going to have as many people watch it that day. But the, there. Okay, continue, and then I got something to say. Okay, that's fine. I just less people were going to watch it on New Year's Day, and, and I think it. I mean, I guess you can combat it by saying that, in that sense, then it should still be equal to where it typically is in terms of what's being viewed on New Year's Day, maybe, if you're thinking about the other way. But let's just say that it was below 23% of the viewing audience. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it being holiday hurt it or if just the series hurt it. I don't know. but Well, the series... As we know, and you and I have talked about, couldn't have heard it because we've we're and we're going to talk about it in our next episode when we talk about the series review. review is we're going to talk about the actual numbers for that entire series. So I'm going to say no that the series didn't hurt it in that aspect. Yeah, something you're going to like, Jace, mm-hmm. is new high quality audio recordings of missing episodes have been discovered. Yeah, it's crazy to think that like we're you know here we are in 2019, and they're still finding new stuff i love it so like kaleidoscope the the i guess the organization the nonprofit organization that does these things they specialize in locating missing television programs have announced that a new selection of audio recordings of missing doctor who episodes have been recovered many of which are an improvement of recordings that they've previously been available so some of them are things that we already have but just they're better. just better quality yeah which is always good it's always a plus so i'm not sure which episodes they found maybe we'll get animated shorts or something or audio adventure parts of that but that's a that's pretty interesting yeah i just man you know what what would be really cool is if they could find video like if they could find video content i honestly think that's harder well yeah obviously because of the way it was used obviously it's much harder but especially from that time i would love to find just scripts like imagine just finding the scripts from those because then you could just redo them well they've done that they did that uh with shada yeah, that's true. Was you know it was a, it wasn't a missing episode; it was an incomplete episode, and then they had the script, and they just kind of you know they took the footage they had, and then they also added animated, animated footage together, and then you know, f- you know, fortunately, Tom Baker and Mary Tam are still alive. Yeah. So they were able to you know record audio with them to to finish the episode. Yeah, I was gonna say, but that's all I have for Doctor News. Unless you got anything else. No. 
But anyway, let's jump into what this episode is about, and that's the episode Resolution. So, like we said earlier, it's the first time we've had a non-Christmas special bonus episode. Uh, I think this is the first time since the 50th anniversary special, I think, that we've had a non-Christmas special bonus episode. Like, obviously, every year it's been a Christmas special. This yeah. year, is, it's now... I don't, do you think they're going to do this, like, going forward, like, every year? The, the think New Year's thing? Yeah. I don't. I think it. I think it all boils down to, I guess, the time frame of what they need to make something happen. I think it's the only reason we got this in 2019 is because he felt like he needed the extra time to make the episode. <clears throat> One of the other things I saw that was something Chris Chibnall said was that he that this was a resolution of series 11 more than the actual series finale. Like that he wanted this to be de facto or whatever. Yeah. I saw that, but like, yeah, this, this was the, the finale. Cause I mean, let's be honest, the actual finale did not feel like a finale at all. And there was really no, yeah. Like a better word resolution. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't resolve all the things throughout the series 11 that we needed to be resolved. Right, because a lot of the times, the Christmas specials really do feel like their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go back to the Husbands of River Song. Like, yeah, that resolved the River Song loop, but it didn't actually... It, it, that episode, you could have taken it out and Series 9 would have been fine. Yeah. Or same thing with Series 10's, uh, which I think that was Dr. Mysterio, right? 10? Was that... No, it's Series 10? No, one, that was... Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? We just got done with Series 10. I mean, Series 11 and Series 10 series was ten? Oh, was Twice not, Upon yeah. a Time, obviously. Yeah, I was like, what the hell are you talking about, okay. bro? Okay, all right, I guess <laughs> I, I should like, go back, because we needed that episode, obviously. But, yeah, it, all I can say is that this didn't... You didn't need to have, like, Husbands of River Song. You didn't need that one. You, didn't you need... definitely didn't need the Nick Frost one. Right. You, you didn't, didn't need Dr. Mysterio. You did need Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. Though. And then the time of the doctor, which was the last one with Matt Smith, obviously we needed that too. So I guess it's just 50-50. But this one, it it did feel like more like a finale. And, you know, I, I feel like this was... Well, listen, I don't want to hear what you think about it yet. That's, I want to, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get your overall review of the episode. We got, we got characters and stuff to talk about first. Okay, well, let's jump in with the doctor first, as always. Um... Like most of the episodes from this series, I feel like there's nothing particularly wrong with Jody's performance or anything. I just there's there's still a, a blandness to this doctor. There's still in this episode, I felt like there were moments that it did stand out in terms of that she felt like the doctor. One in particular was the standoff with the Dalek. Where, you know, the Dalek was kind of like asking, you know, who are you? Who are you? And she was like, you know, I'm the doctor, mate. Yeah, we had the, through the eye lens of the Dalek looking or whatever. And the Dalek once, she's like, scan me. Scans scans her, finds out. The doctor starts like backing up a little bit, you know, kind of freaked out. And then, of course, just takes away her screwdriver and starts shooting. But the, the... (laughs) That felt like the doctor. The doctor can be arrogant. 
I liked some of the moments with the doctor though, when she was like action rolling and sliding across the floor. Like I like really enjoyed those. Yeah, but like that's just (laughs) I mean that was interesting to see. That was interesting (laughs) to see. Like you, you. you, you don't see a whole lot of that. Like, anytime there's, like, action moments in Doctor Who... It's always it running. Ten- well, it's running, and it's always, like... Well, one of the moments I can think of is the library episode where the Doctor, you know... He's like, why did why did she give me the screwdri- screwdriver? Or why did I give her the screwdriver? There must have been a reason. There must have been a reason. And then he runs down, and there's the little teleport, and he jumps in it, and it's just him stationary. Like, obviously, it was... Very obviously filmed with him just sta- like laying on a green screen box with wind yeah. blowing in his face. Those kind of things where it's like action things I love that it. aren't actiony. I don't know. But I like one... the. I think I like the Doctor more, uh, more in this episode than I have some of the other ones. Actually, probably I, majority of the other ones. I would agree with that, but it's the same thing. Like, there's still no moments where we're like, bam. There it is, solidified. Boom. Thirteen. 13th Doctor, right there. You know, I, I saw something. I don't know if it was true or not, so I, I, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to. So, correct me, whoever's, you know, listening to this out there. But I saw something where Jody like, said in an interview, like, she's, she said she's proven that a woman can play the Doctor. And I don't, I would say two things to that. First, I don't know if you necessarily have to prove that. No, just be a good actor. Actress, uh, but, whatever. Secondly, to play, you know, devil's advocate, I don't think you have proven that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you've done a horrible job at it, but I, it all boils down to me writing. The writing has to be strong. No matter how good the acting is, you've got to have strong writing, too. Yeah. A, a good actor can't take bad writing and make it good. Well, and here's something, you know, that... That's just my per- own personal opinion. We can talk about more in our series review, but it boils down to is when you're when you're deciding what kind of doctor you're going to be. Is it more of like a think tank where everyone, the the writers and the actor, are all kind Get of sitting together. in a room and figuring it out, or do they write to the actor playing the role? I do. I think. I think what this is what I think happens. I think the writers write write their episodes, and I think that. The person playing the doctor is already cast at that point, and they've already kind of maybe figured out what they wanted to do with their their character. And I think what happens is when they start filming, that's when they figure out what works. That's the first time I think that those two things come together is when the doctor reads the script and goes, "Well, this is how I want to act this out." And then the, the writers they sh- they start doing it. And the writers go, "Oh, that's not what I saw happening." You know, I don't think they get together and go, "So this is what I thought. This is what I think." I don't think that's what they do. You don't think it's a collaborative effort? No, I think they write. They figure out what they want to do, and then when they start recording, that's when they go, hmm, or doing takes, they go, wait a second. And then that's when they start talking back and forth on what maybe mm. would work. I don't know. I'm not in the film industry. I haven't a clue. So, to me, I just, I don't know. I think if things were to, if they were to do that, the writing would be stronger. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they, you know, do it. But if I were to guess, I would think that it's more of them figuring out you know, who Jody is, and then kind of writing to it. Yeah, but they don't I, know that until they don't know... The writers don't know what kind of actor that person's going to be for that character until they start recording. No, that's not true. They do screen tests and things like that. And I mean, I've heard interviews, this was back in the classic era, where they were talking about how with Tom Baker, 
they would write to the nature of his own character, not not the doctor, Tom Baker. Okay, that's what I'm saying, though, but those episodes were good. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they've done that. Like, yeah. I don't think they I don't think they sit in a room and bump heads and go, this is what I think needs to be done. Let's make it good. I don't know. I think I, they hand Jody a script and go, here it is. So you're saying she gets a script. And then acts it. And then acts it and tries to do it her own way. I don't think so, but... I don't know. Like I said, I'm not an expert, and I've also never done anything film. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. But uh, it, in the context of this episode, there were moments where I felt that she could have went a little further. Like, especially... Still no monologue. Yeah, still no monologue, but whatever. Uh, one of the, what I would have really liked is when it's revealed. Obviously, we as an audience knew it was going to be a Dalek. Anybody paying attention, anyway. And you, well, before you, on that note, before you continue, would you would you have rather not known prior to the episode that it was a Dalek and found out during the episode? Do you think it would have been more like, bam, whoa? Or do you think them telling us it was a Dalek beforehand had any impact on the episode? I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say. I don't. As soon as the squid thing would have been revealed, I would have known. Yeah, but still, I mean, I feel like I like having the element of surprise when when I'm watching something. Mm. I don't like to already know what's going on. You know. I, but, I, yeah, that's it just... could have made it a little better. I don't. I don't know if it would have made it much better, yeah. but it could have made it a little better. I got you. Um, well, continue. I'm sorry. The thing was, once the Dalek care, you know, once the Dalek is revealed, the Doctor realizes. I would have really liked a more of a like really dark character change, like where it's like you know we've seen this Doctor. She's very happy-go-lucky. She loves everything. I love this. I love that. I love this. And then as soon as the little analyzer determines that it's a Dalek, for her to go like complete like everyone around her is like whoa like she's changed yeah like, she's the, changed the, she's, this she like basically just goes out and does her own thing she's like y'all stay here and like locks the tardis and like leaves and right. like just is like a i have to get rid of this thing right moment. yeah like they're all joking and then like it's revealed and they're like what's going on doctor and, and she's like just stop i'm thinking like has like a capaldi moment where she's like shut up like yeah like just, just shush just like yeah and like just like just a, a strike of fear on her face right right because every time the doctor has run into the dalek and any time we've seen him with eccleson and tenant and any of them it's there's fear right and there's a little bit of that but it's not as strong one of the things i i look back on is the episode the name of the doctor and it's clara and the doctor and the doctor's kind of joking around with the kids that she's babysitting and then Clara sits the doctor down and says, hey, there's a message for you. The doctor's secret is revealed. You know, it is discovered or whatever and says Trenzalore. And then the acting, the performance from Matt Smith goes from like he's just the physical happy-go-lucky doctor. And then like true and utter fear. Like he's yes. tears in his eyes and his voice is shaky. That's the kind of thing I was looking for, you know. But... We didn't get it. Not to say that her performance was bad. It's just like it was not dynamic. And I say that a lot about her. You do, but I, I, I have to. I think this episode was more was one of her stronger episodes. And despite what you think of her, and maybe not being the dynamic, 
uh, as the character. I think that her performance was better than we've seen in the previous some of the previous episodes, if not a majority of the previous episodes, because there was more to it. Yeah. There was she did more. She yes, she still sent people off on their own, you know, or There's whatever. A lot of that, but man. there was. There was confrontation in the enemy, standing in front of it, you know, like you said before with the Dalek. There we saw messing around with the TARDIS, doing more things, kind of running around, being kind of more, like, when she was doing the TARDIS and kind of does, like, the hollow projection or whatever on the Dalek, kind of brought it brought it into the TARDIS a little bit. You know, we saw her doing these doctory things more so than we've seen in, I think, previous episodes. And like I said, I love the action role and the sliding and stuff like that. I just, I thought that was cool. It was, yeah, okay. I... You, we, she, I, I agree with you that she may not still have hit the mark on finding her doctor's character yet, but I do think that this was better than, I, I, I keep saying previous episodes, but majority of the previous episodes. Uh, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but that's because I can't think of any episode, period, that I went like, wow, she really stood out. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying she 100% stood out. I'm just saying she did more doctory things in this episode. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So I just so with that it's in itself, she is more doctory in this episode. Um. Doctorish. Doctory <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> I I see what you're trying to say. Uh, let's move on. There's another big thing we get in this episode, and that's with Ryan. And his dad. Uh, Aaron? Is that Aaron. his name? Yeah, mm -hmm. Ryan and Aaron. Yeah, so that was another reason why this episode to me felt more like it was part of Series 11 than it was just a bonus episode. Because we get that story kind of tied off. Yeah, the whole Graham, Ryan, and then now Aaron. The things we've seen happen in previous episodes, you know, Saranga Conundrum. All those episodes where they're kind of talking about his dad and how he left him and, and you know... Did he deserve his love and all that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. And he, like, he's upset. It takes you away. Yeah. A, did a little bit Yeah, of it. you know, he's upset with his father. You know, like, kind of despises him a little bit. Right. Something I read that was really interesting about it was something I kind of agree with, which is, obviously, we get towards the end of the episode, and the Dalek has taken control of Aaron mm -hmm. as a last-ditch last effort to try to contact the fleet. And the doctor, you know, opens the tar stores, and there's a moment where you think maybe the Dalek and Aaron are gonna both gonna be taken away. Yeah. And Ryan, in an act of forgiveness, you know, try, just lets lets it all everything go because he realizes that moment that he could lose his father too. Like yeah, he's already lost his mom uh -huh. and his nan. You know, so is what he's holding inside for his father really worth? Right worth it and then the, the what i think is i obviously it's doctor who goes dark sometimes but not too dark and then maybe this would have been too dark but i would have really liked to have seen aaron die in that moment i think that would have been i, I actually thought it was going to happen because it, it went to commercial i think right before that Mm -hmm. A moment, or was it after? It may have finished there. I thought I thought it went to commercial because you and I were talking about it during during the episode, and I was like, I think he gets sucked out too, because that would be a huge, like I think a strong moment, or he sacrifices himself and kind of says like I'm sorry, yeah, to it, Ryan, you know, right, I'm sorry for everything. Right. This is my way to make up. Exactly, for it. exactly, and that's <clears> what I was thinking, like, because the the truth of the matter is, is that if we're being real. 
Aaron didn't deserve Ryan's forgiveness. No. He, you know, he was a bad father. And I feel like it would have been a much more emotional um, moment for him to die and lead into something for series 12. Like, uh-huh. you you know, that could be a big turning point for the Ryan character would be, you know, him coming to the realization is like his father died in a sac- in a in a moment where he sacrificed himself to you know to save everyone and it and it caused you know Ryan to realize like maybe holding on to all that stuff wasn't the right thing to do and yeah. like you know what well it could tie into what Graham said too to Aaron in that episode with with what DNA does not really make you family it's your actions and I thought that that could have played really well off of those words. You right. know, we could have had like a monologue from Aaron, like right then, like he's somehow he has control of like his voice, but maybe not his, you know, motor functions. Motor functions. And he like gets control of his voice, and he's like talking to Ryan and Graham, and he's like, you know, take care of him, you know, blah 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 type of stuff. You know, take care of him. I'm sorry I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. This is my way to make up for it. You know, I'll always be like right there, and then. Poof, yeah, it would have. Cause see, here's the thing. Now where we're at, and I guess we can talk about Graham now too, is with. Ryan and Graham's relationship essentially being good now. And then now, I guess, Aaron and Ryan's relationship's good now. It's like they they closed the lid on that story, and now it's just like, okay, everything's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll do something with it, but I liked, I liked how Aaron shows up, and obviously, you know, he wasn't there for his mother's funeral. Aaron wasn't, you know, and right. that's a big thing. And Graham was his stepfather. Right. Well, when Graham hears Ryan say Gramps, Aaron kind of goes, Gramps? Like, what the heck do you mean? Right. You know, type of thing. So maybe they can play, you know, play a card there somehow. I don't know. But I don't know if Aaron... My big thing is, is I didn't want them to... And this is going to sound bad. I didn't want them to continue using Aaron in future series. I don't want him to be like a recurring show up for Ryan type of thing because we already have too many characters as it is. I don't want that. I mean, it could be like a, I guess. Remember uh, Jackie? Yeah, I was going to say, it could be like Jackie or something. Or, you know, even Rose's dad when that stuff came into play. Uh, right. Wilfred. I mean, it, there's people that have done things like that. But like you said, where where do you take, bringing that character in, What where would you take it? What purpose would it serve? Yeah, and I mean, it is what it is. They didn't go that way, uh, so the the way that they tied off that felt. I mean, it felt like okay, yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, they give Ryan now like emotional clarity. I guess mm-hmm. uh, one other thing about Ryan that is just like why. Did I hope it, you. I hope you. Bring, I hope you bring up what I what I'm gonna bring up. I'm gonna see though. Let's see. If we're on the same page. Is the whole dyspraxia yes, thing? Yes, absolutely. I wrote it down. Because he even brings it up then. It's like, not bad with a kid with dyspraxia or whatever. It's just not a factor. It never played any part in anything since the first time we saw it. Yeah, it it doesn't. It it has no effect on anything. It's like they just wrote it in just to be like, hey, we have a character with disabilities. Aren't we inclusive? Yeah. Yeah. But but it never – there's so many times that I thought it could have made something more interesting. Like right then when he's trying to get to his dad, you know, maybe it – he stumbles over, 
He falls over, couldn't get to his dad in time, in time, and then boom. Yes, you know something. See, that would have that powerful moment. Right, that would have been a just an impactful moment. I think he couldn't get to his dad. He's reaching up for his hand because he can't stand back up, you know, or whatever, and then gone. I don't know. The other thing uh, (laughs) I'll say about Aaron was, at least I thought it was interesting or a, a little bit funny, the way the doctor initially interacts with Aaron like he comes in and is like oh this is this is Ryan's dad and everyone's kind of quiet like oh wow okay even Graham's like oh hey what's up you know like kind of like looking well, Graham originally opens the door and goes nope shuts yeah. it but then <laughs> the doctor's just like I can't remember the lines it was just like you suck as a parent like Ryan's doing better you failed him yeah, yeah blah 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 yeah it just kind of goes on like a little you weren't time, right? there you weren't there yeah yeah so I thought that was interesting and then, like, later, doing the little thing with the microwave, and she's like, oh, your your good idea almost makes up for your p- parenting deficit. Yep. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I guess his thing was when he became useful, Aaron, was because he was an engineer, or pursued engineering and gave it up, and was able to turn that oven wave, mi- microwave oven thing into mm-hmm. something to attack the Dalek. Yeah, I'll talk about that more when we, we talk yeah, about the about whole the, Dalek yeah. itself, because I've got some things to say about that. Uh, do you have anything at all to say about Yaz? Anything? Um, she got to lead uh, She got to lead Lynn and Mitch out of the tunnel. Anything else? She was there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. I like how much they I'm under, afraid, underwrite this character. I'm not going to say any more, anything more because everything I want to say, I need to say for the season review. Okay. Yeah. It's just <laughs> another episode with Yaz not being really that vitally important. Yaz was just there. I'm really trying really hard since before we started recording this. I'm trying to think. I don't. She didn't do anything. Right. She, it's almost like she's just like a cheerleader for the doctor a little bit. Like she's yeah, just, doctor, I don't like it when you're quiet. Yeah, those, those like it's just yeah. Anyway, so the, you Moving brought on. him up, Lynn and Mitch. So Lynn is uh, obviously a more important character in this episode because she's the one that gets possessed by the Dalek. Yeah, it becomes a human vehicle for the Dalek. And those we start the episode off with these characters. They're like archaeologists or whatever, and we don't get a title sequence at all. Which is the the same way we started the series. Yeah, I know, but, like, what the heck? Just do it. Whatever. We don't like (laughs) it anyways. It's minor, but... uh, Uh, We don't like the title sequence anyways. Yeah, but whatever. Just do it. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't do it. I did think the little romance between them was cute or whatever. I think it helped with their characters. I think it was kind of needed. Gave Mitch the, like, emotional, like... Drive. Incentive to, you know, really want to save her. Uh, There's a... Someone brought this up on Reddit, which I, I thought was really interesting. Was there's kind of a a plot hole with the the Lynn character is she does all these things possessed by a dog. She murders three people, two of them being police officers or four people I think. You know, steals a police car, impersonates a police officer, breaks into this. I don't think it was the black archive but it no was, i don't think it, like we, we've seen the black archive there's there the entrance has like where it wipes memory and all that sort of stuff some it kind was, of it was a weapon it was a no it was a oh what was it called it was like md something i think like that it was a technology company that housed but it had dalek something. stuff yeah it had, it had weapons and there, she brought someone brought it up during the episode why and I, I can't remember what it was said i'll have to watch it again but someone brought up in the episode why it held that stuff and so anyway 
does all this stuff, and then, like, you know, obviously the episode ends, and it's like, wouldn't she be wanted for murder? And, like, wouldn't... The, those police cars would have dash cams on it. Maybe, and like, but there's, I don't you, know. You Maybe couldn't just kill four people in broad daylight and get away with it you well, know maybe the doctor did something because you know you, i mean i don't know i mean it's a yeah it's a plot hole but it, it's not anything that i think's major so I, I okay it's it's not a big plot hole i i get it but i i it it does stick out in my mind a little bit i don't think so um the other <laughs> I think thing there's bigger is, plot boy, holes. boy we had a lot of people in the tardis too right yeah this is a a lot of people in the TARDIS again, which we haven't really seen since... Like the end of time? The end of time. Or no, 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 no. it was Journey's the time, End. Journey's End with all the yeah. children of the TARDIS. Right. You know, but... It or, was interesting uh, to dinosaurs see. dinosaurs on a spaceship. That's dinosaurs another, on a spaceship. Yeah. Not, but even still, not that many people. I mean, there's a lot of people, but this one was pretty cool, and I like how they like were lined up on like perfectly even on the side of the Doctor. Like, it's oh, like three right. on this side or something, and like three on this side. Oh, okay, let me loop back. Uh, a little bit talking about the doctor is that moment there where she offers a, like a a chance like you just leave very very tenant yeah that's like a yeah that's definitely a tenth doctor thing is like but, i gave you a chance and then but with her thing i think it's this, a little different well, yeah, yeah with her thing and i think this goes into her kind of well i guess the way she's trying to play the her doctor is she gets done and goes you heard me give him a chance right i gave him a chance right. okay cool Tenant would have just been like, boom, yep. you know, like I gave you a chance, it's over. Yeah. But this one, she's kind of like explain her actions. A she's like, bit. I do, I'm giving you a chance because I'm kind. Yeah. But anyway, so we talked about that. There, the, let's talk about the Dalek. Obviously, that's the big, the big thing here in this episode. One thing though that I noticed, this has nothing to do with the episode itself, is is that they credited, of course. Nicholas Briggs is yes, the voice of the... but it's like his first time being credited as Nick Briggs. Yeah, Nick Briggs instead of Nicholas Briggs. And speaking of the doctor, or the doctor, the Dalek's voice is that, to me at least, as far as I can remember, this is the first time I've heard, you know, the actual Dalek outside of its casing sound different. Like it talked differently outside of its casing than any other. Well, that's because, yeah, I don't think we've had one just running around in squid form. Like, even the one where it was opened up, remember when Rose, that they run into right. it and it kills itself? It yeah. was still attached to all of its machinery. Yeah, it's just, like I said, it just sounded different. It sounded, like, really different. Uh, and, the, okay, the argument is, like, we get information that's, oh, it's a reconnaissance scout dalek like mm -hmm. it's a it's a one of the first wave of, of daleks, daleks to leave scarrow and boy there's so there's a lot here to really unpack so as far as like just talking about its purpose in the episode without going over things that are nitpicky as doctor who fans i thought that initially it felt like it was a real threat and then, like, once it got its casing, it was, like... Like, it, it did all this stuff to achieve that. And then once it achieved that, it was, like, all right, let's go shoot some stuff and then fail. Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to fail, but it got... I, I don't know. I thought it I thought it, it became more dangerous when it got its casing because it started killing everybody and killing all these 
tank people in tanks and stuff like that, flying away, breaking into places, killing more people. Mm-hmm. That was very Dalekish. But what I what threw me for a loop in in the name of the in the terms of the Dalek itself is how we even got here. Okay, so the Dalek is in an, shows up in an age where there's just swords and shields. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. Okay, Go ahead. I know what you're going to yeah, say. Shows up in an age where there's sword, swords and shields. Loses somehow. Right. Maybe it didn't have a casing. Did they break it out of no, its casing? No, they, no. they said it melted it. it they it, melted it. They the changed it and basically it melted it down. Yeah, it was definitely a full-on yeah, Dalek. Dalek. They melted it down, got the squid out of it, split the squid into three pieces, carried it away to bury it wherever. Okay. Yeah, so we get three people who are called custodians yeah and then they just the third creates one, yeah. the order of the custodians which the third one dies which is how he transpires this this event i want you to say what you said when we were watching it I, i'm about to oh I, I hopefully this is what you're talking about yeah. so this good dude gets shot in the back with an arrow right all right these these pillagers or whatever you want to call them thieves go yeah. over looters and, looters they go over don't find anything on his body though this package is laying on his hand in front of him. Right. Don't pick it up. Go away. Okay, cool, whatever. Then, fast forward, Mitch and Lynn are digging up this dude's body that, I guess, laid there in the road with that package for thousands of for years. For thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, just laid there. No, no one came and picked him up. Yeah. Birds didn't pick at him. To take, like, the package away or something. No one rode by and was like, what is this? And right. picked it up. Yeah. It just laid, it just in laid that there same spot. spot until the earth took him over. Yeah, it, it felt a little too, like, come on. Like, that they makes done absolutely zero sense. They could have done a better job as, like, he got, you know... The package he, ended up at the museum! Right, something, something like Something, man. Something like, like that, exactly. Somebody found it. Right, yeah. You know, something I like just, that. Something, dude. Like I thought the minute I saw that and I saw it cover and they had like that voiceover character telling you that it covered Which, it up. Was that Aaron? I think it was. I, I feel like it was, but I feel anyway. like it was Aaron, but covered it up. <laughs> I just I don't know, man. I thought that was a huge plot. Like just not even a hole cuz obviously we know it's there, but it was just it was just lazy wasn't writing. Finished. Yeah. It was just lazy writing. Lazy writing. Okay. Talking more about things about the Dalek that just like okay, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, we first let's talk about the new look. Oh, right? that was cool. Um, we saw the little fact or whatever that this is the first time they've done a fully robotic Dalek. There was not a person inside. Inside, of yeah, it. and it was controlled. That everything was controlled. It was like three different mechan- things were controlling, like the arms and the weaponry and the mm-hmm. head and the lights. And we get, like, obviously the, the Dalek mutant builds it from, like, scraps. From what he found of old Dalek tech and, yeah, just like metal, metal and stuff laying around the thing, which I have my own issues with that, but let's continue talking about the Dalek itself. I do like the, the look of the Dalek. That's the, the first time we've gotten a different model-looking Dalek since, I want to say Tenet. I could be wrong. No, we got new looking Daleks in uh, the episode. Oh, it's the first episode of series seven where you find out Amy and Rory are thinking about getting a divorce. What is the name of that episode? I don't know, but were they different? Look, I thought we I thought those were from the original. Are you talking about the four different color ones? 
No, no, no. We get the classic-looking ones in that episode with with uh, the Eleventh Doctor and uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, <laughs> That's right. But anyway, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I digress. I was just saying it's been a long time. And so I think... That, yeah, it looked cool or whatever. I think, you know, obviously it was like a, a scrap metal Dalek. The other thing was like, this was the first time we saw its little Dalek bumps turn into missiles. Well, I think the re- I think what happened there is I don't think that was because it built itself a it built itself a, uh, a casing. Mm-hmm. So I think it used a lot of the weapons and technology it got. So you're saying that's not Dalek not technology? Not Dalek technology. I think that's human technology that it built into its casing. I I can believe that that makes more sense. Yeah, but it was it was that I enjoy, I like that part of it though. Yeah, it was cool. This is very movie esque. When I say that, I mean we've said that already throughout the series. This part was very movie esque. I said that we said that during different parts of the series, but this part in particular with the Dalek, when it uses those missiles and it shoots one at the tank that's shooting it at it, and it was kind of like very movie hits the one, knocks yeah, it up, yeah. and it blows up the tank. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's the very first time I think we got like really like movie quality stuff from those new cameras other than the way it looks, obviously. Yeah, um the other thing I guess we can talk about is okay. So how in the world would these primitive humans be able to defeat a Dalek? Like the fact that you cuz we're assuming though that It's not just the only one. It might be the only one. Well, let's say it's the only do- Dalek, right? Yes. Like it's a it's a recon scout. It was sent by itself. The Daleks, man, they're they're really powerful. They have armor that's really, really, really strong. We've seen this is. Hold on, let me go. Yeah, this go point. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. This Dalek, you know, when it first appeared, I'm assuming it was in its original casing. You know. Mm-hmm. The, which to think that fire could damage it at all is insane to think about. Because I mean, you, you've got even moments where like strong lasers and explosions have done no damage to it whatsoever, and you know, just basic fire. How could they even like hold it down? Is one thing like. Like, well, they'd use ropes? Yeah, like... like. And my thing is, so here's the thing that blows my mind, is we've heard the doctor say countless times, one Dalek could wipe out the entire Earth's population. Right. One Dalek. Right. So, and that was at a time when they had tanks, and guns, and weaponry. I don't get how these primitive beings captured yeah, and like destroyed a Dalek. and arrows and, and spears and stuff. We have seen, during the Ninth Doctor's era... People shoot the Daleks with weapons from thousands and thousands and thousands of years in the future. Right. And do nothing. Right. Force fields. Uh, remember, we even there was even a moment in um, the 50th anniversary special where, you know, it's, it's showing us a clip of the Time War and the War Council is there talking and the, it, the Doctor breaks in and steals the moment. Right before that, the, they're, you know, oh... Someone just, you know, broke into the, the, whatever, armory, uh-huh. and stealing one of the forbidden weapons, and then the, the Time Lord goes like, what, well, you've used all of these forbidden weapons on the Daleks, and still haven't defeated them. It's like, okay, the Time Lord's like the most advanced race 
in the existence of whatever. And still couldn't do it. And you're telling me that they beat a Dalek with with bows rocks. and arrows and rocks and yeah. fire. So, I mean, it is what it is. I just, I just didn't think that made sense. Maybe if they gave me more info, I don't know. Like, I have no, I'm trying to rationalize, rationalize it. it. I really am. I'm trying to say maybe this is what they thought, and I can't. Because that part bothered me. And once I got into the episode, it was whatever. But the fact that that even happened was a thing just blew my mind. The next little thing is, okay, so I guess I can buy this because the Daleks are supposed to be, like, engineered to not die. And, like, they're... But we learned something new, apparently, about the Daleks. Yeah, and, and it's apparently you can chop a Dalek into three pieces. And or at least this Dalek, yes, yeah. because they the doctor says that this is a a more advanced form of a Dalek because it has all these abilities. Well, that, you gotta think. Uh, so this is apparently the first ones that have left Scarrow, one of the first ones. So they're Daleks, okay. A lot of the Daleks we've seen prior, other than maybe a few, have been somehow mutated in some way. Well, yeah, there, there was a whole arc, but... They then weren't when pure they Daleks. Got, yeah, but we have pure Daleks now. Now, yeah. Because that episode we were just talking about with, you know, where all the iron sides and he thought mm-hmm. he created the Daleks, and then the the, the pure Daleks come out of the yeah. little... I, I can't even remember what it was called. So these... these We've seen pure Daleks, mm-hmm. so I don't... I can't agree with that point, but... It just felt like it was. They were trying to make it seem like this was a special kind of Dalek, even though we've never seen it before. I I can buy that a Dalek being chopped up into pieces could still survive. I can buy that. What I can't buy is that apparently, if you if you expose a part of it to ultraviolet light, it can just it can teleport its other pieces, pieces to itself and become whole. Like why? It just felt like wow. That's why. Like that's a, where's the science behind that? That's a really, really awesome ability that we've never talked about before. And then here's the other thing that the Dalek apparently can do that we've never ever seen before. So apparently, a Dalek can stick its little tentacle in the back of your neck and pilot you. Yeah, they can just take control basically of your motor functions, your voice, and your everything, your thoughts, and just. Do stuff. Like, that's, again, a really useful... I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but it's, like, a really useful ability that has never been explored and could have been useful before. You know what I mean? Yes, no, no, absolutely. I thought that, too. There's so many times where that could have just taken apart Other episodes. Yeah. So, my... Okay, here's something maybe we could think about. Is I understand the need to like they wanted to do the Daleks because this whole series they didn't revisit any old villains and everything like that and that was one of the complaints of some mm-hmm. people and maybe that's why they did it. But if they would have this monster would have been something different, like not a Dalek, just something different, I wouldn't have any of these gripes. But because it's a Dalek and we have a very strong established history of what this I get it. thing I mean, can do. I, I get you, I get that, but maybe it's maybe the reconnaissance scouts were engineered differently yeah uh, the, here's the other thing that was revealed that the 
that this Dalek can do, because apparently it's a different kind of Dalek, is it can like mess with the TARDIS's navigation through, I guess, telepathy or something? Something. Like, it has an ability to, I guess, sense and turn off its stuff, which would have been so useful before useful before but like i said so maybe that's their thing maybe it's just it was engineered differently that's what i'm gonna say it is because it makes it make more sense that the reconnaissance counts maybe are just engineered differently maybe there's not a lot of them i don't know i'm just spitballing i mean i can under like okay i get the idea that i'm being nitpicky right no, I, mean, I get it i'm just trying to but, play advocate here but come on like <laughs> this we it's like see. trying to change it's like trying to change like the weeping angels and give them different abilities and stuff right. like that you know right imagine that like the oh okay the weeping angels can also they're now humans who just walk around no no but like no, i'm just saying, i'm just yeah throwing I know, stupid stuff so, out there you know but it, yeah it's just yeah it's just we have an established history of what these these things can do so i think it's important to stay within the limitations of those unless you have a strong way of writing them out of it of, or or introducing that or introducing that new lore that you're creating. Which I guess they kind of did, but I didn't feel like it was strong enough. I didn't yeah. feel well, like... Well, maybe we'll see them again somewhere. I don't know. Um, but we spent a lot of time on the Dalek. I know. Because we spent, there's well, a lot, no, there's, there was a lot to talk about no, on the Dalek. No, there's more, though. I, I what else little, are you going to talk about? Something I know you wanted to talk about. So we have the moment, you know, the, the Dalek builds itself a casing. Oh, yeah. And then it, it, it squares off yeah. with the military. Yep. And what what did you think about that? So what gets me on that is it it built its shell out of Dalek technology and human technology, scrap metal, basically. I feel like a majority of the shell is just metal, mm -hmm. okay. And but the, maybe the technology inside is more Dalek and human, because this Dalek is apparently really smart, right? Okay, and not only that, but it also looked at the entire vast of our internet. To figure out everything about us. Yeah, to figure out anything about us. I'm assuming maybe it learned some of its engineering skills through that too, maybe. I don't know. All I'm th saying is that we have seen bullets be shot at Daleks before and they do nothing, but those Daleks were Daleks and had force fields and stuff like that around There's, them. I think the, even the term for the metal that's used is like Dalekanium or something. yeah. This was just metal. Yeah, it was just a garbage this, can. This was just a garbage can. Yeah. And bullets did nothing. Yeah. I get it that armor plating, you know, maybe it was armor plating. And, you know, stuff like that, military vehicles that have that stuff on, on the side, sometimes it hits and bounces off. But bullets sometimes still go through those, especially yeah. some of the bullets that they were shooting. Yeah, yeah. you would have, They would have, like, armor-piercing rounds yeah. and, like, <laughs> like caliber uh, machine guns. And they were, you know, they're, they, I, I, I agree with you. I, I can it's crazy to my, to me though that that didn't stick out to me as much as like some of the other stuff did. Yeah, but I just yeah, think that that moment little... maybe maybe have the Dalek have some holes in its casing and stuff after that fight. You know? Right. Yeah. I just uh, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm just diving into it too much. But there's mm -hmm. this when I look at Doctor Who, I go very sciency. You know? Yeah. Because that's the show. Right. And that didn't make sense. No, it, it didn't. Um, there's some other stuff like okay. Uh, the thing about unit. I thought that was funny. You didn't enjoy that as much as I did. No, I. I no, that wasn't it. I know. I know what part you didn't enjoy. That I did, but we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. The unit part I thought was interesting. So we haven't heard anything of unit. This I don't think this uh, series right. And we call, she calls, gets a hold of the UK security helpline. 
instead. Yeah. It's, it's a poly is on the other end of the line. Right. So apparently unit is deactivated. They're uh, the pending review. Yeah, their funding was cut or something like which, okay, I think that'll probably lead into something next season. Maybe, maybe. because it was talking about that she was like, yeah, there hasn't been an alien invasion. They're not needed. And they were, she was like, right now. It's happening. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that was, I, I think that was cute. I do think they're going to lead that into something next year. Maybe not. Maybe I. Maybe we'll never see it from it again. Yeah. And but I, I, I doubt that. Mm-hmm. Unit is such a big thing in yeah, the Doctor they, Who. Yeah, they have to. So war. that is a pretty cool little bring up. What I we, we didn't talk about the Dalek because when we, we kind of touched on it is when it searches the internet, it turns off all cell signal and Wi-Fi throughout the entire mm. country. Well, what I thought was a, a good little nod to today's society, mm. which I laughed at. You didn't enjoy it as much as I did, but I laughed at it. Mm. Is the two kids that are trying to like watch Netflix or, or play video games or something on their phones. Fortnite or something. Fortnite or something. And the mom goes, it's not just the Wi-Fi, it's the phone signal. There's nothing. And then they kind of all have that moment like, what are we what are we supposed to do now? And the mom was like, I, I guess, like with this disgusted look on her face, I guess have a conversation. And the two kids go, what? Okay. I thought that was a great nod to how today's society is. If the internet and cell signal all went out right now, so many people would be lost in what they need to do. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that statement. Uh, what I didn't like about that scene was that it felt hammy. I thought it was, I thought it was cute and funny. No, it felt... Firstly, I, again, extra nitpicky here. Is Netflix working? Dude, you just established that your internet's not working. Why would Netflix be working? Because that's how kids act today. Oh, the Wi-Fi's down. What about... So is Netflix gone too? Like, that's just, dude, that's today's society, and I loved it so much. I, I thought it was hilarious. That was uh, one of my favorite parts of the episode. Uh, okay. The other thing that, like, is the line is, like, I guess we're going to have to have a conversation. No one would say that. Like, they, it, 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 you would only say that in a movie. Like that's, the, what, that's the point is, no, no one would say that. But that's what the show, that's what that moment was saying, is that that's the, what you would have to do. Is talk right. to another human being, like I think it was just the writers going. Uh, this is today's society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's so. What no, they were no doing. one would go. I guess we have to talk to each other. No, no one would say that. That's not the point of that well, part. Okay, but hear me out. Hear me out. I'm trying to, but I'm really just trying to skip forward to my bits. They're more interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, imagine that same scene, right? The internet goes out. They're like, "Oh man, we can't play our video games," and then the mom's like, "Oh, we don't have cell signal either." And they're like, like and <laughs> they they are like, oh wow! They try to make everything work; it doesn't work. And they're like, oh crap! Well, you know, like, what do we do now? And then instead of going like, I guess we should have a conversation or something like that, just look at each other and be like, like look around, like up and down, like I don't know. And then they just sit there. No, I liked it because they were. They, I think they were specifically talking to the audience. Well, yeah, of course they were, but the the scene, I. It was a minor thing for me, but it just felt unrealistic, and they should have just... It just felt hammy. No, that, that's the best great. way I can wrap it up. I thought it was great. You sit there and be wrong. <laughs> we can disagree, but <laughs> yeah. it was hammy to me. So, uh, anything else I wanted to talk about? Uh, well, there's... What, what I thought was funny is... Uh, I, I, I think this is kind of like a doctory thing, too, is when Lynn is has the Dalek off of her, finally, yeah. when they catch yeah. back up with her, yeah. the doctor gives her that medicine... 
And he goes, don't take this with alcohol. You'll grow an extra head. Oh. <laughs> uh, there was a little thing about the peanut butter, too. Yeah, the peanut butter. She goes, Graham, give me some peanut butter. And what did he say? I'm like the... Uh, uh, the gopher. I'm the gopher. Yeah. Graham's, Graham's great. Yeah, Bradley Walsh does a great job. Uh, we, we, we we here at GBS love him so Yeah, much. he's he's the best. And, uh, I, you know, hopefully if he's listening right now, because you know he loves our show, that he would uh, love to come on the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Bradley Walsh. Hashtag coming. Bradley Walsh. Hashtag please. Hashtag now. <laughs> hashtag please, please. Uh, you got anything else to say before we move on to our verdict? No, I mean other than the uh, we when we talked when we were talking about the the way the Dalek looked very like uh, metally and looked different it was skinnier on the top and stuff like that right. is instead of having a the plunger oh, right. it had it like the like claw, claw which is, yeah. to me was like very like when when he got into that program and it was turning to like uh, take control of the system it was very R two D two ish to me had yeah. like the little thing come out and honestly I prefer that over the plunger I do too I thought that was actually really plunger good just is kind of silly now yeah I th- I thought that was actually more that was scarier. Cause yeah, cause I remember like remember the episodes seen... with a plunger like right, sucked their face right, in and stuff. Right. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of silly. Yeah, it is very very silly. All right, so verdict time. Um, out of you know five jelly babies, what would you rate this episode? I'm gonna give this one this episode itself. I know I said certain things that were didn't make sense plot holes, but I actually I actually enjoyed the episode, so I'm gonna give it a four. A four? Wow, that's a good score. For me. This felt more like Doctor Who than, you know, other majority of the episodes of Series 11. Agreed. We got a lot of TARDIS in this episode. Yeah, a we, lot didn't of, talk, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, we got a lot of the Doctor being the Doctor moments. A three. Which is actually a good... No, you know You what? gave it less than you've given some... You gave like a 3.25, I think, is your highest. Uh, uh, that's what I'll bump it up to. 3.25. Okay. Well, but, you know, so, so we got 3.25 and a four. In, in my books, it's one of the better episodes uh, that we've seen. I would say I would I would tie this with Kerblam. Yeah. Because Kerblam was my... I enjoyed Kerblam, too. Was my, you know, the most watchable episode of Series 11 for me. And this was... This was watchable. I, there was no moments in it where I literally were, was, like, you know, sighing, like, ugh. God. No, like, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this episode a lot, and uh, you know we didn't really talk about the inside of the TARDIS, but we've we've talked about it before. We actually had a lot of TARDIS this time. You know, um, mm. I'm surprised we didn't bring it up. You know, we had lots of things going on in the TARDIS. We had a lot of people in the TARDIS. We got to see like a little wider of a view from the front door. We had bio tracking. We had cell phone triangulation. We had CCTV. We had satellite. We had hollow projection, which we hadn't seen since. Matt Smith, I don't think, when he was talking, when he was dying during the Ripper oh, song right. thing, I don't think we've yeah, seen... Yeah, let's kill Hitler. Yeah, I don't think we've seen hollow projection since then. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't think we got any hollow projection in. I don't think so either. Uh, I will say one minor thing about the TARDIS that I don't like, and it was really evident in this episode, and I never noticed it before. Maybe we we had seen it. You know, the, the TARDIS console has the big crystal thing, and mm-hmm. it you know goes up and down, and TARDIS... TARDIS consoles have done that. Yeah, 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 whatever. Forever. Uh, but on the outside, you have the big crystal pillars with the little claw tentacle things on the end. And it goes, those go up and down with the the TARDIS console. I hate that. It looks so silly. Like, what is... I don't know. Like, I can... Un- okay. I again, liked how when she when it got taken over, the orbs on the outside changed red. 
Yeah, yeah, the color changed. I did like that. Saying, hey, something's wrong. Like, I did like that. The, 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 the walls changed color. That, that They can use that more, I feel like, later on to kind of, like, do scene um, transitions. One of the things that pops in my head with that is um, I, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> uh, in the movie The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies, but the character of Kylo Ren is, you know, the son of Han Solo. There's a scene where he... He kills his own father. Yeah. And the way the dialogue is written is the dialogue could go either way if he wasn't going to do it or he was going to do it. And if you look at the lighting in the room, there's blue light coming from the outside on... It's very subtle. On half of Kylo Ren's body, and there's red light coming from the machinery in the room they're in on the other side of his body. So it's like half blue, half red, like half light, half dark... And then when he finally decides to plunge the lightsaber into Han Solo's chest, the light from the moon outside dissipates, and then he's just completely covered by that red light. Again, it's a minor thing, but it helps kind of... this Lighting's always important. The, 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 the scene's transition with the lighting was really, really cool. And it most... 99% of people aren't going to notice it, but their brain yeah. noticed it. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? No, absolutely. Lighting is always important. You can show a lot of stuff with lighting. You can show mood, and all, anyway, obviously you can show mood and everything. So I'd, I would like to see more of that. But other than that, I would be very happy to see those those crystal claws just, just completely taken away. away in the next series. Well, that, that's all I had for the, for the episode itself. I think that it was a strong finish... To series 11 of Doctor Who. I think it was a stronger finish than the actual series finale. That's why I just said a strong finish to series 11. I think it was a strong finish to series 11. I know we have a year to go before we see some more episodes. But, you know, like we've said, we got other things we're going to do to keep... Yeah, yeah, we're excited to keep GBS going on. Obviously, there's so much Doctor Who out there. and We're really, really excited. We've got the next episode. Next week's episode is our full review of series 11. So we're going to be talking... All things series eleven. We're not going to hold back. We've we've done our Rosa episode. We've done so we we're we've got everything out there. We're, we're ready to do it. And then, like I said, we're going to continue forward with more episodes. And we'd love to hear from you guys. What you know? What you want to hear from? Yeah, GBS. if you have like a favorite episode of Doctor Who that you want us to see what we think on it. You know, anything we haven't done already, let us know. There's so much out there. That we could talk about, and we are going to talk about. You know, we might not have any rhyme or reason. We might choose an episode one week. We might choose an audio adventure. We might choose a freaking comic. You never know what we're going to do. So Right. And there's two ways you can go about telling us what you think. So first ways, you can always head over to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash gbspodcast. You can, you know, like the page, uh, follow Send us messages. You can see pictures from Sean's tattoo to all kinds of things from conventions and stuff. And then you can also let us know through anchor.fm slash Doctor Who. You can send us voice messages and let us know what you think. And you can also donate to the show. Absolutely. And you know, speaking of the people that have already sent us messages, you know, we had someone actually send us a message that we wanted to talk about here on the show. Yeah, uh, so one of the fans of the show, his name was Blue. He sent a message. And he was uh, telling us that he liked the show, which we, hey, we're... Yeah, thank we, you very much. 
We're, we're glad to hear from our fans. He also asked us some tips and tricks about starting your own podcast. So the, the thing for me, and you know, maybe we'll both give our own little what we think the tips and tricks are. Mm-hmm. To me, there really isn't any. You know, you just get a microphone and find something that you're passionate about that you want to talk about. The thing with me and Jace and the reason we do this is because we did this anyways without recording it. Right. We were sitting there and we were like, do we do this every Doctor Who episode? You know, we sit here and we talk about it and we give our views to each other. You know, why not create something around that? And so we started recording it and going from there. You know, it's just you got to be passionate about it. You know, it doesn't matter if people think you're right or you're wrong or you may get people online that hate what you do. Just do it because you like it. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Right, right. So I agree with everything you said. The cool thing about podcasting now is there's so many easy ways that you can get content out there so one of the things that we've done here and we've you know we use it very frequently is anchor so anchor i mean at this point you can literally just press record on your phone or computer and you can create an episode of whatever you like some minor things i would say about if you're creating a podcast yeah obviously you need to be passionate about what you're talking about and you need I think quality of content is important. Yes. And what I mean by quality is not necessarily so much your ability to just talk, but also how you format your content together. You know, you are going to have to learn how to do some editing. You know, you're going to have to learn how to cut out certain things because you you know you'll be surprised. You'll record an hour of audio, and there may be ten minutes where you listen back to it, and you're like, you know what? I don't want that in there. You know, it's like that doesn't really sit with that episode and you'll cut it out Mm -hmm. you know it's like doing takes and uh one thing that you and i've realized as we've been doing this for over a year now is learning little little things that you do when you talk yes that you would never have never noticed yeah you know you may have a lip smack or you may say but um a lot you know (laughs) and as you go through you'll notice those things but it'll help you do them less Right. And you're if you do them less, that's less editing. Right, right. <laughs> um, but we appreciate the message. Thank yeah, you're you so my boy much. Blue. <laughs> and I wanted to say that. I could tell. So <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. And if anyone else out there has any questions for us, please send them in. We love hearing from our fans and everything like that. And the last thing I want to say is I want to say thank you to everyone that we have done interviews with before. I know we said thank you to those people the last episode during mm-hmm. Rosa, but thank you again for giving us your views and for allowing us to use them on the on the podcast episode. For the people that keep sending us messages, letting us know what they think, like Blue, thanks again, because you guys are the reason we do this, and we do it because we love it. But you guys make it better. Right, right. Uh, before we end this week's episode, it's time for this week's classic clip of the week. Listen, Susan, please. I've double-locked the doors. You can't get in. Now move back, child, where I can see you. During all the years, I've been taking care of you. You and the town have been taking care of me. Grandfather, I belong with you. Not any longer, Susan. You're still my grandchild, and always will be. But now, you're a woman, too. I want you to belong somewhere, to have roots of your own. With David, you'll be able to find those roots and live normally like any woman should do. 
Believe me, my dear, your future lies with David and not with a silly old buffer like me. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Goodbye, Susan. Goodbye, my dear. Boom, there it was. There is the classic clip of the week. It's obviously a super famous moment from Doctor Who. And, I mean, I know you... I think you've probably seen bits and pieces of that throughout the, yeah. the show's history. Yeah, is where that... he says goodbye to Susan. But, you know, I'm not a huge classic guy in terms of I've seen it all. So, it was interesting to see. Uh, so, one of the things was, like, this was a, one of the more uh, powerful performances by William Hartnell. You know, it's a great little speech, and there's some really great lines in it. It's funny because he does not ever come back. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> At least as far as we know. Yeah, maybe she'll Susan will show up with Jody. I don't think so. I, I really do think they're just going to leave that alone. But I've been wrong before. You have been. <laughs> there are uh, some small things like about it. You know, we do see little mentions of Susan in you know the 50th anniversary special. There's that little thing they did for children in need, I think, back in 1993. Uh, it was called Dimensions in Time. It was a Doctor Who quote-unquote episode that had every doctor in it that was still living. So it was it had three, four, five, six, and seven in it. And because, you know, three was still alive at that point, And this is before the, the Doctor Who movie. And Susan is in that as well, but and it's also Susan like the same actresses uh, actress, but mind you, thirty years after. Yeah. So she's like in her fifties by this point, so it was kind of weird seeing her. Well, she's just an older time lord at that point. Who I, knows how many years have passed? They've done things like that. Like remember when they did the time crash? Yeah. With the fifth doctor and the mm -hmm. tenth doctor. And they, the, the way they explained how he looked older was they said, oh, that's because he was popped out of his own time stream. So, like, the time differential made him look older or whatever, you know. So they've done weird things like that. But uh, I wanted to play something from the first Doctor just to kind of – there's we, – we, a lot of people talk about how great Doctor Who is and everything. That, and, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but there's not much from the first Doctor that I really care for. Well, I mean, there's a lot of it that we, we doesn't, you know, exist anymore. Yeah. I think this was also before the show kind of just, real, you know, realized itself. Yeah, well, there's a, everything starts somewhere, and that's where it started, with is with William Hartnell, so it's cool to see some of that, even if it's not popular in a sense, you know? Right. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of GBS. I'm Jace. And I'm Sean. And we are hopping in our TARDISes, and we will catch you next week. Bye.